Welcome back to Business Mindset in Minutes. I'm your host, Nicole of The Simply Social, and today I am so excited to have a guest on this podcast who's going to be talking about an interesting topic of career transitions. So today we have Leah of Kodachrome Photo on the podcast to chat about business and business transitions. So Leah, I will let you go ahead and introduce yourself so that we can know a little bit more about you and your business. Hi, everyone. Um, As Nicole said, my name is Leah. Um, I'm originally from upstate New York, and that kind of plays into my business name. And now I live in eastern North Carolina, and I went through a huge career change. Um, So when I was little, I always wanted to be a teacher, and I determined that I really wanted to be a science teacher because I really liked dissecting animals. Now, don't take that the wrong way, (laughs) but I loved learning about the ins and outs of animals and how to take care of them and how to form things together. And when I grew up in New York, things were a little bit different um, for us. We were very based in manufacturing. So we're known for Kodak and Kodak, as everyone knows, is a big camera film company. And when I was younger, I got my first dose of film photography. And so I played around with the idea of, do I want to be a teacher? Do I want to be a photographer? Do I want to be a teacher? So I kind of went back and forth and I grew up and I went to school and I said, I can definitely not make money with each either career, like photography, you're not going to make a lot of money unless you make it big and you're not going to make money teaching. So I went with what you could get a real degree in, what people say real degree and went for uh, biochemistry and adolescent education, which means I could teach middle school and high school kids science. So I taught for a couple years. And um, I, when I moved to North Carolina, I was a first year teacher, already feeling burnout. And that's when I started my side hustle, I call, um, of taking landscape photography. So I love being outdoors. And that was when the whole career change started. Mm, Wow, that's so interesting. And it's so funny that you mentioned that originally you didn't know if you wanted to be a teacher or a photographer. So you kind of ended up doing a little bit of both, it seems like. Um, Okay, so that's awesome. So what, what prompted the career change for you? So in 2019, um... I was having a lot of mental health and physical health issues. And if people don't know about the ins and outs of being a teacher, um, you work a lot of hours uh, for little pay and there's a lot of emotional trauma. And what I mean by that is um, in Eastern North Carolina, 95% of the schools that are public schools are Title I schools, which means most of the kids are from low impoverished um, settings. So most of them come from broken homes. Most of them come from only getting a meal a day. And you hear all these stories um, and those stories start to hit you really hard as a person. And you're like, I really want to help them. And your job as a teacher really turns from here's um, science education to here's how to live your life and not fall into the same path as someone in your family where Uh, 75% of all the students I taught either knew 
of someone who was in jail or someone who was murdered because of their situation. So you start at night. Well, I, I started at night not sleeping because you're thinking about, oh my God, what's happening to my kids? I call them my kids. So um, I got to the point where mentally I wasn't stable. So I took medication and that helped a little bit. But then you get to the point where you're working 10 to 13 hours a day and you're not eating good meals, you're not exercising, you're not doing any self-care. So you end up physically ill um, and not being able to do anything. So it prompted me to say, okay, I need to sit back and I need to think about this. And the easiest way to do that was play around with options. So um, in 2019, I really started spending my weekends figuring out what I wanted to do. So I needed another job because teachers don't make any money whatsoever <laughs> to live the lifestyle I wanted. So to travel during the summer, I needed to make a lot of money during the 10 months that I was working. So I actually started um, taking pictures at the hospital um, of newborns. And I really loved taking those pictures because it gave joy to the mom. It was a whole nother world from teaching, but working seven days a week and not having time for family, friends, or being social, because I was 22 at the time. And just being able to start drinking and hanging out with friends and that. So I, I needed to figure something out. Well, I kept teaching because I didn't know what I wanted to do yet. And the pandemic hit. And most people in that circumstance were like, oh, well, teachers are guaranteed a job, so you don't have to worry about losing your job. Well, the job situation wasn't the issue. It was what teachers were expected to do during the pandemic. And that hit real hard because around this time last year, I was 100% burnt out, running out of sick days because I was constantly being pulled in multiple directions. And I just mentally could not put up with how much they asked us to do. And I tell people all the time, it's not the money. It's not being able to live your own life while helping other people. So the biggest deal was waking up at six o'clock every morning, going to work, trying to teach kids who are either virtual, face-to-face, for eight, nine hours a day, then having to grade papers, then having to communicate with parents, then going home, cooking dinner, and then going to bed and just redoing it all over again. So when businesses found out that the pandemic really hit home for storefronts, that's when my head went, bing, I got an idea. And I started portrait um, product photography. So I helped those businesses that are normally storefront take pictures of their products and put them online. So in June, I officially quit teaching and went a hundred percent photography. Wow. That's really amazing that you were kind of right on the front lines of realizing that there was a need for these businesses to be online. Cause of course there was all over the world, but that you saw the opportunity for product photography. And if you always had a passion for photography to kind of get started with that, because you knew it was something that almost every single business was going to need. Um, That's really amazing. So I'm curious, um, did you know how to run a business 
prior to essentially saying, okay, let's do product photography. Because I know to photography, there is so much more than just taking the photos and running that business. I'm so curious if you kind of knew what to do or what your process was like at the beginning. So (laughs) I thought it would just be really easy and, you know, post things on social media and just get some clients, take some pictures, collect some money and move on to the next person. But I shortly realized that it wasn't going to be easy because I knew I was going to quit teaching and I knew I was going to go full time. But I said, I need to make sure that this is 100 percent what I want to do. Um, not because that I, I thought I would fail. I just had to have a backup plan. I had to make sure that everything was lined up. So I hired a business coach. I I straight up said, okay, I'm going to pull some money out of savings and I'm going to on a weekly basis, meet with a coach and she's going to walk me through it because if I don't, I feel like I'm going to fail. And 80% of new businesses fail within the first year because they don't have stuff set up. And even though I've been running a business, I full on was shifting it. So I kind of treated it like a classroom. I treated my clients like I would my, my students, but just at a more professional level. And just it's all about organization and making sure things are smooth. Um, when I got my first product photography client, um, I had a handwritten contract. Um, I didn't do as much follow-up as I should have. I kind of said yes to everything that they asked me to do and realized that three months into that job, I wasn't getting paid how much I should have. Nothing was going smoothly. And I was like, this has to change. So um, that's where I really stepped up my game and took two weeks off just to kind of get everything ready. And I uh, automated everything. Um, Obviously, I was talking back and forth with the client, but the contract was already written up. I made sure there was different clauses in there. I made sure that I had a pre-meeting with all my clients to know exactly what they wanted, had them sign that to make sure that they don't change their mind a hundred times during it, and made sure I was paid by milestones instead of waiting till the end of the project. So that was a big deal for me, especially as a freelancer, (laughs) you're kind of waiting. You don't want to wait till the end of a three month project to get paid. So it makes it really difficult, but, um, I'm still learning. Um, I've only been like, I classify my businesses since June. So only December will be six months since I've totally switched over to product photography. But since then I've added a boatload of things that have people calling me crazy um, because I don't like having free time apparently anymore. (laughs) Um, But my business um, has multiple aspects. So I have a part A and a part B. I do product photography for businesses and I do portrait um, photography um, for families. And how I do that is instead of just offering pictures all the time, I just do um, once a month specials so that it saves my time. So I'm not reaching out to clients. I have a Facebook group community. They know exactly what dates I'm going to be um, launching different special sessions. And I don't have to worry about waiting for people and wasting my time. So that really helps. And it's not because I don't want to help people, but I truly rather work with products that don't talk back to you and can't move on their own (laughs) than people. (laughs) Um, 
especially young kids, sometimes they're they're terrified to do pictures and they cry and have temper tantrums. So mm-hmm. after dealing with high school students for about seven years, I'm kind of over the crying and the temper tantrums. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I definitely don't blame you. Wow, that's so interesting <laughs> that you, so it sounds like maybe you hired the business coach, and then you kind of filled in the gaps from there. So I'm curious, what kind of support did you have? Was it only the business coach? Was it you being up late at night and Googling how to do these things? Like where, where did your knowledge come from? Where, what kind of support did you have when you were initially setting up your business, starting up your business, even until now? So, um, when I finally decided I was going to quit teaching, um, that was in April. So in April, I started looking for resources because I knew I was going to teach until the end of the school year. So it gave me April, May, and June to figure it out. And either way, teaching would be done in June. So I would have to figure out another payment or another way to make money. And I I was working a part-time job at the time, which I'm still working that just to make sure that I'm sticking around and having finances come in. But um, it's weird to say, but I went from being on social media an hour a day to like six to eight hours a day because <laughs> yeah. there are so many professionals out there that are giving value to their communities, um, and building relationships with those people. So one of those, um, apps that I really love is Clubhouse. I don't know if you've ever heard of Clubhouse. Of course. Yeah, for sure. Clubhouse really gave me the positive support. So I was in two groups, uh, well, two uh, clubs on Clubhouse, and they really motivated me every day. So every morning I would wake up and I would spend about an hour in one room. And then in the afternoon, I spend another one. And it's just you're just networking with people. And you would connect with them on Instagram or on Facebook, and they just constantly give you value. And in exchange, I, I was also trying to give them value in different aspects and the support actually came from more random people than it did from people I already knew because I mean, the teachers I taught with, it's not like they can help me. Um, My parents, they fully supported me changing careers, but they have no idea how to run a business because they have never run a business themselves. Um, But it really came from just the positive support of things and like resources that I've went to a lot of virtual conferences because with COVID nothing was in person, which actually made it easier for people to access conferences because, because um, you got to meet professionals in different fields. And I learned about, stop. I learned about social media, like, it's not just posting something on Facebook and having a billion people like it. It's, it's about the mindset of your ideal client. So if you scroll through my old Instagram, you'll see, um, I used to post about all the craft shows I was selling my artwork at. So I would take pictures of nature and then try to sell that for like five, $10 at a fair for eight hours a day. And then I learned it's not about just sell, sell, sell. It's about tell, tell, tell. So telling people and showing people what you can do can lead them to building connections. So once I got that down, the social media part, then came the marketing, then came the branding. Um, 
And then came the whole sales pitch and the whole community part. So I'm still learning. Um, I just finished full branding my business. I changed my name. I got a logo. I have a aesthetically pleasing social media now. Um, but it's constantly a learning game. And that's why I started a podcast because I want to help other business owners or people that have ideas. Like I knew I wanted to start a photography business, but I didn't know where to start. And it took me a while to figure out how to start. But if people have that from day one, um, we would have a lot of more small business owners being successful. And I value small business owners hundred times more than Amazon and Walmart. I know they started out small, but they now don't have that value in small businesses. So yes, I totally agree. Um, you have given, I feel like you've given a lot of value in what you just said. Um, but you were talking about on day one, knowing where to start. So if you were to give advice to somebody who's just starting a business on day one, they are kind of like you in the beginning and they don't know where to start. Where would you say is that first stepping point where you would recommend for them to start? Um, I would say there's two starting points. There's a self-starting point and there's a starting point in general. So self, you need to give in hundred percent. Like you need to take your mindset, your negative mindset, pack it up in a box, put it in a burn barrel and burn. <laughs> because for me, it was, okay, what if I, like a thousand questions went through my brain oh, what happens if I don't make $1,000 to pay my bills? Or what happens if I don't make $2,000? What happens if people don't care? People don't sign me on. Uh, what if I don't get clients in the first year? What if I... There... ...want to have a successful business, you got to start with your mindset. Um, and I've always struggled with anxiety and struggled with depression. So that was the first big step. And that came from my family and my boyfriend. And as soon as I told them I was quitting teaching and wanted to do my photography, they said, go for it. And that already helped me 100%. Um, your second thing is investment. So you have to choose where do you want to invest your money. So when you start a business, you need to have capital or funding somehow. Um, my thing was I needed six to eight months of bill money. So I wanted to make sure in my savings that I had enough to cover bills for six to eight months if I wasn't paid or had no clients for six to eight months. And I wanted to make sure that I would invest in something that would help me. So my biggest investment was a business coach. Some people rather not have someone tell them what to do. They rather just do it themselves. But I would say invest in something that will get you started. Um, Coming from a science teacher background, I knew nothing about the ins and outs of a, of a business. So that's, I had an idea. I just needed to put it in action. Um, some people know the ins and outs of a business. Like my boyfriend went to school for business administration, but don't have an idea. So his investment, um, if he ever wants to start a business, would be to invest in a creative person or something that would help him walk through the creative process. We're opposites. I'm the creative person. He's the, the narrow-minded person that just does things according. We have a dog in our presence. If you hear some noise <laughs> in the background. Yeah, she's being loud. And I'm not 
Um, but investment, I would say like if someone's starting from day one, they need to invest in something that will give them the big picture in long-term. So a business coach, um, a business marketing specialist, someone that will help you with your social media. It just depends on what type of business you're running. Like for me, service-based business, business coaching made sense because they can help me figure out what business model to use. But if it's a product, I would definitely figure out um, manufacturing process or are you going to do it by hand? Or are you going to have someone do it for you? Um, the social media aspect comes, are you going to take good pictures? That's where I come in <laughs> if you need to take good pictures. But investment would be my biggest. Um. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I think I, I agree. I think whenever you're starting, especially because I'm a service-based business, so I can really speak to that. Um, that you always need some sort of investment, whether that's a course or a coach or a mentor, um, even just to bounce ideas off of and to understand where to start. I think, I honestly think all service-based businesses have really started at that place um, because you don't know the world of business and it's just that starting point that you need. Um, so with that in mind, you mentioned about leaving your job and you knew you had enough for savings um, and maybe even now you have a part-time job, but how did it feel to you to know that you were going to be quitting your job? And even though you had a little bit of money coming in or in your backup plan um, to really be going you know, all in on this and not doing it just as a side hustle, how did that feel for you? And what was that like? It. Oh, it was a roller coaster. I would say it's exhilarating. Like it's totally exciting. Like you're quitting the career that you thought you would do for 30 plus years in your life to sad because I was going to miss the people I worked with. I was going to miss my students and all that, but also very scary. Um, but I think that the best thing I could say is when I sat down after the last day of school, it felt like summer vacation because normally, you know, I would have the summer off. It did not hit me until like August 26 when the kids were going back to school. I wasn't setting up a classroom. I wasn't making a seating chart. I have all my teaching stuff in boxes in the garage and I'm just sitting there staring at a wall and oh my God, like. I don't have to go to work today. Like I'm my own boss. What am I doing? Um, which is an exciting part, but it's, it is scary. Financially, I was really scared about it, but that's why I did the savings part. But I think that the biggest part was I went from working 13 hours a day in school and working part-time job to what am I going to do with all this free time? And that's when I started. And my business coach helped me with that is, Okay, how do I fill this in? How do I reach out to clients? Do I go door to door? Do I just reach out to businesses online? Do I just work on myself? And how am I going to market myself? So it was really big turnaround. It really felt weird. But I think 150 pounds on my shoulder just got lifted because I, I stopped taking anxiety medication for a little bit because I wasn't anxious about going to school I could sleep and then 
once ideas came out, then I have to start taking my anxiety medication because I was excited. I would never go to sleep because I had new ideas. I'd wake up at 2 a.m. Oh my God, this is what I need to do. That client, I need to get that client tomorrow and talk to them. And how am I going to talk to them? Do I sell myself? Do I do this? So it's just a thousand different ideas running through my mind. And it was exciting. I will say that. And then I actually helped once I was on my feet and I booked my first client, um, I got excited. And I, I told my mom, I go, you got to start a business now. This is exciting. You have to do it. So um, she still works nine to five, but she started a handmade soap business and I've been helping her ever since. But it, it's definitely something that if people want to do, they need to do it because you only I'm going to say it YOLO. You only live once. So you need to do what you can do while you're alive. Yeah, I totally agree. I completely agree. Um, your story actually resonates a lot with me because it sounds like mine and I won't get into that now. Um, episode one is all about my story if you want to listen, but it, it's really, I know it's so cliche, but it's just a YOLO moment. And I was just sitting at my desk and I was like, do I really want to spend the next you know, 40, 50, however many years doing this, or do you want to take the chance and work hard, but have it be a lot more rewarding? So, and, and some people will say A and some people will say B and it's totally personal preference, but I can completely resonate with you on that. Um, so what are the struggles that you have? Some of the struggles that you have running your own business? Um, I would say when people say that you're quitting a nine to five so that you can work for yourself, that you would feel it's more flexible. Like you get to kind of work whenever you want. Um, when actually it's 24 <laughs> seven. Um, so you're either physically working during the, during the workday. Um, so I set my hours, like my own hours during the day. Um, but then at night, you're responding to emails. You're doing more market research. For me, that's when I engage on social media to try to reach out to people. Um, but I think the hardest part is trying to get clients to understand the purpose of your business. So um, let me give you an example. So there's people that all the time reach out to me. Do you need marketing services? Do you need marketing services? And you can answer them in multiple ways. You can say, yes, of course, let me hear your offer. Or you can say, no, I don't have the money for it right now. And money is always an issue when you're running a business. You need to be very, very, I guess you have to sit down and see, okay, is this going to help me further my business or is this just me buying something that may not work long-term is just short-term. So that goes back to that investment piece. And the struggling for me is when I first started out, I didn't know what was a good investment, what was a bad investment, because I didn't know if I'm going to stay with product photography just during the pandemic. I don't know if I wanted to make it a whole lifetime of things. So it's the investment piece. So the biggest struggle for me is getting clients to full on say, yes, you do your job very well. I want you compared to, hey, I have an iPhone 13 that takes just as good pictures as yours. Hmm. So the biggest struggle was learning. I'm selling an experience as my business coach will say, I'm giving her full credit, not 
my service. So I'm different than the other product photographer because I allow all of my clients to say stuff during it. It's not just, here's my products, take the pictures, here's your pictures, goodbye. During the process, they get proofs three or four times so they can see what I'm doing. So if they have 100 products, I'm not going to take 100 product pictures, send it to them. And if they hate it, move on. I want to make sure they're happy. And the biggest struggle is from day one, letting them know that I'm your gal. I'm your person who's going to take your product photos. And I guess most business owners will say sales, sales, sales. That's our problem. But my problem is making sure that people understand why product photography is important. So it's not just the pictures. People always say, well, I'm buying the pictures. No, you're buying something that's going to brand you. So if you're taking your pictures of the iPhone 13 with a white background and everything's fuzzy, do you think your customer is going to be able to know exactly what that image looks like? No. Or that product? No. That's why the important is you're, you're trying to sell yourself. So if you're not 100%, then you're not selling 100%. And during the pandemic, my business actually was booming because people needed product photography and didn't have the time or the structure or didn't know what to do. More of my clients were older, like people in their uh, 50s and 60s that had never used Facebook before, had never used Instagram and really needed to get their word out there. Um, but I think a big struggle for me too is I treat my business like a baby um, and every decision I make doesn't always line up with my values. Um, so sometimes I will skip family dinners because I have to go take pictures of a client's stuff. And people don't realize that sometimes I have to say yes, yes, yes to build up my portfolio. Now that I have a portfolio, you, I can say no, 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 if it doesn't line up. But I had to learn those boundaries and boundaries are really hard to learn, especially when you're starting out and you're kind of money hungry. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. That's so interesting. Um, when you mention about it's the experience, it's not just the photos and your challenge as a business owner and your business specifically is getting people to realize that you're selling the experience. So what is one, one of the main ways that you would say that you go about showing people that you're not just buying the pictures, you're buying me and the experience and how the product is going to make the customer feel? So the easiest way to do that is to literally do a trial. So um, people do it all the time, like um, apps do it, websites do it. Here's a 14 free day trial. After that, you're going to be charged $9.99 a month. Well, you can't do that with product photography. It's not something that's automatic. So you actually offer them a trial. So they don't want to spend $350 per hour, or they don't want to spend $150 an hour, but here, here's $75. Here's a plan. I'm going to take three of your products. I'm going to show you what I can do with those products, send you those products back, give you the pictures and let me know how you see it for $75. Now, do I do it sometimes for free if it's like a nonprofit or it's someone really starting out and literally has no budget? Yes. 
but it but we do like a barter thing and it's more of i have to show them so i can't just like go on a zoom and be like yeah this is what i can do like i can show them all the pictures in the world but they need to experience it themselves so when i'm selling my brand photography bundles which are include also um, people in person if i want to take their professional pictures like non-traditional headshots it's all about the experience and i have to show that to them so that's why that trial is so important literally one of my past clients i'm cold messaged her on instagram and i said you have really nice candles but I think your pictures need some work. And so she literally messaged me back. She goes, yes, I suck at taking pictures, but I can't afford the time or the money for some professional photographer. And I said, okay, well, do you have a budget for marketing? She goes, no, I don't have a budget for marketing. I, I don't even know how to market. So I literally said, well, can you live like 20 minutes down the road from me because you're in a, another town. Can I just pick up a candle and take some pictures of it and see if you like it? Did it. And she became a client, a monthly client. So it's that investment part that I was talking about. If you don't have $350 to invest every month in something, then start little. And that's what I, that's what I offer different. I don't charge for consultation calls. I don't charge for coming out to your shop as long as you're within driving distance to see what your products look like. I don't charge for looking at your social media and giving you some hints and tips. I have Etsy people. I can't afford a professional photographer for personalized tumblers. And that's why I started a coaching. I haven't fully launched the coaching part yet, but coaching people with lighting and how to take photos. Are they going to be as good as the ones I would take? No. But if you have a hundred personalized tumblers in a month, you're not going to be able to ship them to a photographer and have that photographer take pictures of them just to ship them back. That's not how it works. But if they can learn something from me, then they can go off and be like, oh yeah, this person taught me how to do this. You should check her out. So it's that word of mouth sort of referral system. Hmm. I really like that. And I like that you have seen that there is another need in your business. And so you've created a coaching offer because you realize that it's not sustainable for everybody. And I'm not sure the price point, but maybe it's a bit of a lower price point or something like that. So if they don't want to work with you and you take the photos, you can still have an option of them to work with you in a different capacity. So I really like that you have seen that need in your business and that you created something to fulfill that need. Um, so I guess my last question for you is why do you like helping other businesses? So I think it's my teacher nature. Um, so people always say you don't go into teaching for the money, you go into it because you love it. Um, and that's what it is. It's, it's a hard thing to take money from people. I will say that like if I could do product photography for free for people and make money off of something else, I would um, because I just think about all those people selling on Etsy, especially this time of year, trying to compete with the prices of Amazon and Walmart and um, all those big box stores and just thinking about like it'd be so much better if you can give 
<coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> if you can give $50 to help someone fill up their gas tank or $50 to help them uh, pay for driving lessons for their son or daughter rather than help Amazon CEO buy another jet or buy another boat, I think, which is like a cliche, but those small business owners may not live near me or they may live near me, but they actually need way more help after the pandemic than anyone else does because they're not only keeping the economy going in our location, but they're also people. And helping those people, giving those people more sales is the key to that. And that's why small businesses are always near and dear to my heart because of where I grew up. It's how I've raised, like I'm family oriented. I'm from a huge Italian family that revolved around food and family traditions. And when we moved away, we try to keep up with those family traditions. We try to keep up with those family members because family is so important. And when a small business owner becomes my client, it's not just an exchange of photos for money. It's how can I help you be successful? How can I, oh, well, you don't need product photography, but you need someone to help you with marketing. I know a person. Or you need help with your social media. I know a person. So it's it's constantly trying to help them be successful and small businesses need way more success than the big businesses. And like I said, it's just near and dear to my heart because I'm a former teacher. I always want to help people. Um, that's why sometimes I'm like, I really don't want to charge you, but I have to because I have to make a living. But I wish I could help more people if I had the finances already behind me. I love that. I love that mission. And especially in the time period that we're in now, it's so important, but even outside of the time period, I really, really love that. Really commendable. So before we wrap it up, is there anything else that you wanted to say, wanted to include that we didn't get to chat about um, anything at all? Well, um, I just want to mention about my name, my business name. So I grew up in Rochester, New York, which a lot of people might not hear about it, but it's upstate New York. It's like eight and a half hours from New York City. Um, and we're actually the home of Kodak. So my dog's name is Coda. So K-O-D-A. And um, Kodak used to make a film that was called Coda Chrome. So my name, Coda Chrome Photo Co., is actually based on where I grew up and old film and how things have changed since then. So people might not know that, but for me to know that that's where I came from Kodak and now I'm a photographer, it's pretty cool that I actually am like bringing that legacy with me that I grew up in a town that was known for photography and now I'm a photographer. I don't do film anymore, but I used to. Hmm, yeah, that's really cool. And it's so ironic, too, that you were born there. It's almost like it was meant to be. <laughs> exactly. Okay, awesome. Wow, this has been really informative. Thank you so much. Um, I feel like for anybody who is in the starting points of a business of creating their own business or thinking about starting their own business, this has been a lot of information for them. Um, so if people are interested in learning more about you or your services, where can they find you? Do you have any freebies or any free offers that you can give to them? Let us know all about that. 
So um, I can be found on Instagram and Facebook. Um, I also I'm starting, like I mentioned before, starting a podcast for um, business owners to help them out. Um, so my Instagram is Coda Crown Photo Co. Um, and I also have freebies on there for lighting tricks and prop tricks and all that stuff I was talking about that I don't mind giving away for free. Um, and obviously you can kind of follow that page so you can hear about my coaching. So if you do want help with taking photography, just follow along that page. It's probably going to be a while before I do that because my podcast is launching in a month. So I'm focused on that right now, but, um, just message me on Instagram and I can definitely help you out. Even if you just want to chat, I'm always up for people talking with me just about randomness. I love coffee and I love dogs. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're interested in coffee or dogs, you're the girl to go to. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you so much for being on. That was really informative. And um, definitely if you are interested in coffee, dogs, photography, (laughs) anything at all that we've chatted about, go check her out on Instagram. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, Leah. Thank you, Nicole, for having me.